destined to great ends. His new companions, whose mothers employed Denry's mother, also believed that he was a remarkable boy. But they did not forget, in their gentlemanly way, to call him Washerwoman. Happily, Denry did not mind. He had a thick skin and fair hair and bright eyes and broad shoulders, and the jolly gaiety of his disposition developed daily. He did not shine at the school. He failed to fulfil the rosy promise of the scholarship. But he was not stupider than the majority, and his opinion of himself, having once risen, remained at set fair. It was inconceivable that he should work in clay with his hands. When he was sixteen, his mother, by operations on a yard and a half of Brussels Point Lace, put Mrs. Emery under an obligation. Mrs. Emery was the sister of Mr. Duncalf. Mr. Duncalf was the town clerk of Bursley and a solicitor. It is well known that all bureaucracies are honeycombed with intrigue. Denry Machin left school to be clerk to Mr. Duncalf, on the condition that within a year he should be able to write shorthand at the rate of a hundred and fifty words a minute. In those days, mediocre and incorrect shorthand was not a drug on the market. He complied more or less, and decidedly less than more, with the condition. And for several years he really thought that he had nothing further to hope for. Then he met the Countess. The Countess of Chell was born of poor but picturesque parents, and she could put her finger on her great-grandfather's grandfather. Her mother gained her livelihood and her daughters by allowing herself to be seen a great deal with humbler but richer people's daughters. The Countess was brought up to matrimony. She was aimed and timed to hit a given mark at a given moment. She succeeded. She married the Earl of Chell. She also married about twenty thousand acres in England, about a fifth of Scotland, a house in Piccadilly, seven country seats, including Snaid, a steam yacht, and five hundred thousand pounds worth of shares in the Midland Railway. She was young and pretty. She had travelled in China and written a book about China. She sang at charity concerts and acted in private theatricals. She sketched from nature. She was one of the great hostesses of London. And she had not the slightest tendency to stoutness. All this did not satisfy her. She was ambitious. She wanted to be taken seriously. She wanted to enter into the life of the people. She saw in the quarter of a million souls that constitute the five towns a unique means to her end, an unrivalled toy. And she determined to be identified with all that was most serious in the social progress of the five towns. Hence, some fifteen thousand pounds were spent in refurbishing Snaid Hall, which lies on the edge of the five towns, and the Earl and Countess passed four months of the year there. Hence the Earl, a mild, retiring man, when invited by the town council to be the ornamental mayor of Bursley, accepted the invitation. Hence the mayor and mayoress gave an immense afternoon reception to practically the entire role of Burgesses. And hence, a little later, the mayoress let it be known that she meant to give a municipal ball. The news of the ball thrilled Bursley more than anything had thrilled Bursley since the signing of Magna Carta. Nevertheless, balls had been offered by previous mayoresses. 
One can only suppose that in Bursley there remains a peculiar respect for land, railway stock, steam yachts, and great-grandfather's grandfathers. Now, everybody of account had been asked to the reception, but everybody could not be asked to the ball, because not more than two hundred people could dance in the town hall. There were nearly thirty-five thousand inhabitants in Bursley, of whom quite two thousand counted, even though they did not dance. Three weeks and three days before the ball, Denry Machin was seated one Monday alone in Mr. Duncalf's private offices in Duck Square, where he carried on his practice as a solicitor, when in stepped a tall and pretty young woman, dressed very smartly, but soberly in dark green. On the desk in front of Denry were several wide sheets of abstract paper, concealed by a copy of that morning's athletic news. Before Denry could...